الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله محمد وعلى آله وصحابه جمعين أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال تعالى على لسان قوم الصالح عليه السلام يا صالح قد كنت فينا مرجوا So my dear brothers and sisters Alhamdulillah, you're going to start uh, the new year in the Islam Institute to study Arabic and uh, Islamic sciences. And hopefully, many of you would like to become alim and alima, Islamic scholar, inshallah. So I'll just give you some, some advice how to move forward on this path. But the first thing is, I'm going to tell you a story from the Quran. And as you know, the Quran is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the important things that you're going to learn uh, in As-Salam is uh, the tafsir of the Quran, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the source of all the knowledge and all the guidance. And whenever you read the Quran, if you ponder, think properly, you always get inspiration. Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala contains any information that people need for their life. But just people need to think. Whatever guidance you need, it is there. But what most of us, we read only Quran for the prayer or in Taraweeh. Or we read the Quran for every letter we get uh, 10 rewards. We never read the Quran to get the guidance. While the Quran has been revealed, as Allah said in the, in the beginning of the Quran, The book has come to instruct people to guide them to help them how to live in this world. But most of us, we don't get the knowledge from the Quran. We get the knowledge from the society, from the people around us, from our families, from the teachers, from the books of laws. You know, like in, the, <coughs> in Islamic science, in Islamic life, we get the guidance from the books of Aqeedah and Kalam. But we never turn to the Quran. The book of Allah is the most neglected book in the life of believers. They read it, they learn it, they respect it, but they never want to get guidance from the Quran. Well, the only reason Allah revealed the book is to guide you, to help you how to live in this world. That's the only purpose. The book has come. The book should really be used for that purpose. People should make effort. And when people do, Allah help them. So one of the stories that you know, I'm, uh, I read, uh, part of the story from the, from the Quran, Quran has mentioned many prophets, many messengers. Most of them are those prophets, messengers, who are mentioned in the Bible. Because the Jews were the people who knew about the prophets and messengers. So those messengers are from the history of Jews. Adam, Nuh, salam, Ibrahim, salam, in all these prophets of that line, Musa, salam, Yaqub, Dawood, Suleiman, all these are prophets of Bible. There are very few prophets who, who are not from the Bible. Some are from Arab land. One of them is Salih, alayhi salam. So among the prophets who have been sent among the Arab people, one is Ismail al-Islam, but he's mentioned in the, in the Bible. One is Huda al-Islam, who was sent to the people of Ad. He is not mentioned in the Bible. Another person who is, mentioned, who is not mentioned in the Bible is Salih alayhi salam. Salih was sent to an Arab people, Thamud. So before Islam, you know, among the people who actually have big empires in, in Arab world, very, you know, power, one of them are Ad, people of the Ad. And then second people are, after them came Thamud. Among the Thamud was Salih Alisham, the prophet messenger. When Salih was a young boy, he was very clever, hardworking. The family actually knew that this boy, when he become young, he, he will be so helpful for the people, for his family. So all the people, they expected him that he will be the main man of the family, he will make the fam family famous and the family can depend upon him. Not only the family, even the people around him, the whole nation, Thamud, they used to think that this boy is excellent. He's so clever, so wise, so thinking and hardworking. Everybody was thinking that when he grows, he will be the helpful for the, for the family. <coughs> so when Salih al-Islam became big, instead of helping the family and the people you know, for the worldly purpose, Allah chose him to make him messenger. 
Now he is not asking people, he is not, not helping people how to make money. He is not helping people how to build the houses. He is not helping the people the way they expected him. They expected him so many things, but none of them became true. Family expected him. The, the, uh, the, the people around him, they expected him to, to help them. But no, Saleh did not do any of those things that people wanted him to do. People had so much hope from him, but he did not fulfill any of their hope. What he did is something else. He called people to worship Allah. He reminded people about the Day of Judgment. He reminded people about Allah Taala. So people become tired of him. People said, actually, when you're young, we were thinking that when you grow up, you will help us. You will you know, teach us how to make money, how to live a nice life in this world. But you only talk about the hereafter, about God, His name. You never talk about this world. So what they say? Ya Salihu. Before you became prophet, before you make all this thing, we used to hope that you will do something. You are respected. You are our, you are our hope. We had so much hope from you. But all those hopes have gone. Now you don't fulfill any expectation. Whatever we expected from you, nothing comes true. We had so much hope in you. But all of them have gone you know, wasted. This who said, the people said about Salih the Quran mentioned that. Look really, same thing will be said to you. What the people of Salih and what the family of Salih said to Salih, same thing will happen to you. Your family will say, you were clever, we thought you will do something. But what happened, the Quran, the Sunnah, prayer, fasting, zakat, hajj, day hereafter, your people around will say, you see the people who were in your age, they became doctors, they became engineers, they did so many things, but you were with among them, actually maybe you were the best among them, but you didn't do anything. These people will tell you. I tell you in advance, soon your family and people around you will tell you are wasting your time, spending time in Islam Institute, learning Arabic language, learning the Quran, the Sunnah, the Hadith, the Fiqh, what are the benefit? You don't get any job. You're not going to get any position. People who are in your age, they're doing something where everybody can see. You know, they're really, you know, fulfilling the expectations of, of the people. But what you do, not going to bring anything. People will be going to tell you. Now it is your test. Be ready to listen all that and still keep moving in your path. If you've chosen this, this path, people will have to accuse you. People, people have to blame you. Somebody will say to you, you are wasting your life. People will say you really that what you're doing, you know, you are not any important, you don't get any importance in the society. Everything will be said to you. As people said to Saleh, same thing will be said to all of you. Understand, this the path is a path where people will blame you. They will accuse you. But you have to be clever. Actually, you know, one of the Indian scholar, Mawla Hamidin Farahi, died in the year 1929. Very clever person. Expert of Urdu language, Farsi, Persian language, Arabic language, even English. He did BA in those days in Arabic English language. He was very good in English. And also he learned Hebrew language, so many languages. Great man really. And he got, you know, when he studied, finished his study, he was uh, selected, you know, in one of the top universities of India, in Osmani University in, in, in Hyderabad, to money and respect and position, everything there. But not, he did not like all those. He sacrificed all that. He left that, came back to his, his village, and devoted the rest of his life just to study the Quran. Nothing. Teaching few people, and most of the time, just Quran. Nearly 30 years he spent on the Quran. And he said in one of his books that my family, they become tired of me. They said, you are wasting your time. People around me, they said, you become mad. You were so clever person, so clever, you could have done something. I know you left out your job and you know you had a big position, you left out that just for Quran. The people became upset with me, they abused me, accused me, they blamed me, but I, there was something in my heart pushing me. Though everybody was against me, but something pushing me deep in my heart and I kept remain, remaining on, on my path. So this you learn really. Once you decided this path, 
This path is different. This is not easy path. It is not really something desire. Nobody desires this path. If you decided, desire will be against it. You will see really people who are in your age, they are making money, but you don't make money. They are getting respect in the society, you don't get. Maybe they are getting position, they are elected for some you know, important position. You don't get those, those positions. If you are ready to sacrifice all those posts, those positions, those you know, money and income, then this is your path. Then Allah will love you. Allah will choose you and then he will give you something more than all those people. They will be jealous of you. But in the beginning, test will be there. So in this world, no doubt really, people need all those knowledges. Certainly in Islam, human society and Muslim society, then we need doctors, we need engineers, we need shoemakers, we need the people who can build houses, we need the people who can make clothes, we need every, every people, all the people needed, they are part of human civilization, we need all of them and there are people doing all that. But there are something more important than all that. Something much more important. Much more important than being a doctor. Much more important than being an engineer. Much more important than being in a builder. Much more important than being a shoemaker. Any profession you see, there are something more important than that. It is something people don't know its value. So you don't get your reward in this world. You need to really decide something more important. And that is what? That is really, instead of knowing the things, instead of knowing this, this universe, to get the knowledge of the one who made the world. To get the knowledge about the Lord of the universe. To get the knowledge of the one who really created everything. You get knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the most noble knowledge. Most noble knowledge is to learn how to please your Lord. How to understand him. How to know him. That is the most important knowledge. That the knowledge he revealed, this knowledge you cannot get from anywhere. It is a revelation. He actually sends directly from, him, from himself. Every other knowledge people can get from their own experience. People can use their brain and they can invent it. You can see really. That's why all other knowledges, even you don't need to be Muslim. You can become any, you can become excellent in any field of the knowledge in the world, even if you are not Muslim. Actually, sometimes non-Muslims are much better in those fields than Muslims. But there is something very special. That knowledge only comes purely from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that knowledge is how to worship Him. How to know Him. How to understand Him. How to become nearer to Him. Closeness to Allah, nearness to Allah. That is the highest position in the world that people can get. Money is not the best position. In all the posts to become a king, a queen, a prime minister, something low really. Something higher than that is something else. That is nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That actually has been realized in one of the stories of the Quran. Actually, that you know that I'm saying to you. Read the Quran, reflect, reflect upon the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide you and help you and give you knowledge which people don't get. Quran is mentioned a story. Quran actually mentioned two women who are the example, examples for all the believers. So, you know, it, Quran does not say these women are examples for women only. Quran says they are examples for all the believers, men and women. Quran only mentions the examples of the women when there is no example for those things among the men. Otherwise, generally, Quran mentions stories from the men. But sometimes, when there is no male story, there is nothing among the, among the men, then Quran picks the stories of those women. They are excellent, really. That's why Quran said the story of one of those two women. The two women Quran mentioned is wife of Pharaoh and Maryam alayhi salam. When Quran mentioned the Maryam alayhi salam, Quran said, Laisa kal untha. In that aspect, for which Allah has chosen Maryam alayhi salam, male is never like female. Male can't be like her. In the way Allah made her, a male cannot be like her. So when Allah mentions the story of women, always in those cases where men cannot achieve those positions. So these two women, they're examples for all the believers, for the men and for the women. One of them is Pharaoh's wife. Pharaoh is the mightiest king, most powerful person. You know, he rules the world, army, 
ministers power money richest person of the world palaces buildings everything you can imagine really he has got all this thing all the resources of the world are under his hand so his wife is what you can say the first lady she has all the position she has the palace most people think the women are only interested in the ornaments jewelry all those things she has got all that ornaments jewelry palace the power husband you know servants slaves anything she wants it is there because she is the wife of the most richest person of the world so she can get anything anything she wants it is there but what happened did she ask worldly matters did she ask those things no why allah chose her why allah want to make her the example for all the believers because she asked allah something which no man has asked if you read the prayers of the prophets and messengers the quran you never can find any prayer like her prayer otherwise quran would have chosen the prayer of the prophets but in this regard quran only chose one lady her prayer is so nice that last said she is example for all the believers not only for women for all the believers because there is dua you never get anywhere what she said to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala she said oh my lord rabb oh my lord ibn build for me next to you a house in paradise she does not want what pharaoh has got most women would love to have that she does not want jewelry and ornament she does not want to become neighbor of pharaoh she does not want to live with him she is looking for something higher than that much more important than that allah loved that that this lady people think women only think about the ornaments people think women only think about the jewelry women only think about the palaces they only think about the power they only think about the position no here is a lady she got all that but she is not interested in any of that was she ask her lord rabb ibn li indaka oh my lord built for me next to you a house in paradise look the order did she say oh my lord built for me house in paradise did she say like that no what she saying oh my lord built for me next to you first thing she said next to you. she didn't not say house of paradise next to you then comes house in paradise why she prefers to become neighbor of allah over the paradise before mentioning paradise what she mentions mentions next to you that is the key that way allah mentioned this dua read the dua that the prophet messenger you never find anybody mention this dua oh allah next to you build for me a paradise first thing she says what next to you she the more in tasay in the neighborhood of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know arab people say they're saying in arabic language ad-daru al-jaru qabla ad-dar if you want to buy a house to arab people saying is when you buy a house don't look in the house look in, in the neighborhood who are the neighbors if neighbors are good then go and look inside the house if the neighbors are not good then leave the house forget the house first thing is what neighbor then the house to so saying in arabic language is al-jaru qabla ad-dar the neighbor is before the house that was she did she said oh my lord build for me next to you what i want is your neighborhood i don't want pharaoh's neighborhood i don't want anybody's neighborhood i want your neighborhood and then she said house in paradise this is the most precious thing really once you become the neighbor of allah near him then all the things belong to you nothing can because this actually the path that you have chosen it leads to that really the reward that you are going to get is the much nobody can reward you nobody can bring your reward every moment you spend reward is there really when you walk from your house to come to the classroom to study the quran or arabic language on every step you get so much reward everything make dua for you the fish make dua for you and just make dua for you and just spread their wing so you can walk upon them so when you walking in the you know in the morning to come to the aslam institute you basically walking on the wings of the angels that hadith hadith of prophet said just imagine really walking people want if people get red carpet become so happy what are you getting red carpet you are walking on the wings of the angels they spread the wing you walk upon them you don't see 
but they know really. So this is a very, very important path, no doubt, but does not come so easily. Not Test will be there. You have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice your interest, sacrifice your rest, your sleep, your food. You will not get paradise and nearness to Allah so easily. Another person who actually used an example the Quran has mentioned in all this is Yusuf Salam. Yusuf Salam got all the things. He is the most handsome person in the world. Most people spend huge money for what? For beauty. That's why you can see that in the beauty industry or makeup industry, why they are so popular. Everybody wants to become handsome. So they spend so much money to become nice, to look nice. Yusuf al-Islam got all that without any money. He's the most handsome person. He got the best position. He became the minister of Egypt. And Egypt was actually most rich and he became like king basically. To best position. He got all the money, all the khazan, all the treasures of Egypt under his control. He got the knowledge. Most people only have worldly knowledge. He even got the knowledge how to interpret the dream. Best knowledge, Yusuf al-Islam. Be- most beautiful person, Yusuf al-Islam. Best position, Yusuf al-Islam. Richest person, Yusuf al-Islam. Everything that people want really in this world, Yusuf has got. He got the beauty, he got the knowledge, he got the position, and he got the money. You will think really then what he needs? Does he need anything else? Does he want anything else? After all these things, beauty, knowledge, money, position. Is, do you think Yusuf is content? Is he happy that now I got everything? Is he happy? No. After all that, he makes dua. What dua he's made? Last dua, last wish that Yusuf made. Last thing that he want really. Something more precious than that. What he said to his Lord? Rabbi, tawaffani musliman wa alhiqni bis-salihin. After all that, his last desire is, Oh my Lord, take me to yourself as your slave, as a Muslim. And make me to become in the party, in the companionship of the righteous people. That's the most important dua he wants to make. He, he's not interested in what he got really. He's interested in something more than that. And that's what? To come to his Lord as slave of Allah, as his worshipper. Someone Allah loves him. That's what? So the path you have chosen really, the path is the path of Yusuf al-Islam. The path of wife of Pharaoh, the path that has been chosen by Ibrahim, by Musa, by Isa, by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A path really, nothing can be equal to that. Most precious path. I can give an example for that path to understand how great the path is. One of the great Indian king, maybe you have heard his name, not only Indian king really, he was the most important or richest king of Muslim world in the East. His name is Mahmoud Ghaznavi. Do you know his name? Mahmoud Ghaznavi, in the 5th century, he is the richest person of the world. Very huge empire. He got all the wealth of the world, rich man. He had a slave. The name of the slave was Ayaz. What is his name? Ayaz. Mahmoud loved Ayaz more than all his ministers. He had ministers who actually run the kingdom. They helped him so much. But he did not love them as much he loved a slave. So all the ministers say, we are the one who conquered the world for him. We are the one who run the kingdom for him. And we are the one who help him. And he is in love of a slave. A slave who can be sold and bought. He loves him more than us. He prefers him all the time, more than us. So they did not like that. All the ministers, they were unhappy. All the people of the court were unhappy with Mahmoud Ghaznavi that he prefers a slave over the ministers and over the people of the court. Somehow, it came to the knowledge of Mahmoud. He also heard the story that people are talking about him and they think he's mad, he prefers a slave over the rest of the people. So one day Mahmoud wanted to test the people. He wanted to tell them the difference between ayahs and between all the ministers and the people of the court. So Mahmoud said to all his ministers and people of the court, and ayahs was there as well, he, he said to all of them that you people helped me so much, I conquered the world, I got all the money, Jewelry, you know, you know, ornaments and gold, silver, diamond, precious stones. My treasure is full of that. I want to give you people as well. So now 
you can go in my treasures and put your hand on anything, it becomes yours. Put your hand on diamond, silver, any precious stone, gold, whatever treasure you put, it is yours. You become so happy. All the ministers and the people of the court, they run after treasures, you know, gold, silver, diamond, so much, you know, everybody collected so much, all those things. Ayad was next to Mahmud, putting his hand on the head of Mahmud. So when all the ministers came with everything, Mahmud said to Ayad, why are you sitting, standing here? All these people, they went and they picked what they wanted and it is theirs. And you standing here doing nothing. So Ayad said, I put my hand on the head of the king. If the king becomes mine, then everything is mine. Tell me who is more clever. All these ministers running after diamond or silver and gold or this Ayaz who put his hand on the head of the king. If the king becomes his, then everything is his. That you understand, you know, the value, you in this world really can become most precious person. Most precious person. It up to you, same life everybody's got. In that same life, if you want really, you can become the most precious person. Nobody can challenge you. Nobody can take away from you what Allah is going to give you. Everybody, Allah has given everybody this quality. It just depends really how much effort you make. What are you looking for? If you're looking for this worldly thing, yeah, you can become. The people become actually, the people make money. But if you want something more precious than that, something which will be with you after the death and forever, eternal life, all the positions and the money in this world, they end when you die. But closeness to Allah, nearness to Allah, that is position remains with you forever. It never ends. Never, never. You know, that why it is this something, nobody can give a, a price for that. One of the Indian poet, Amir Khusru, you know, he's a very great, he's a great poet. He died in the year 725 of Hijra. He said in one of his poetic words, You say your value is both world. What is both world? This world and hereafter. If people give you both worlds, they can buy you. He said, Nirkhabalakun, raise your price. Still you are cheap. Nobody can buy you. Nobody can buy. People don't have money to buy you. You are so precious, nobody can buy you. The money which can buy you is, does not exist anywhere. Nobody can buy you. This is how precious people really are. Every human being Allah has made them so precious. So I'll advise really you understand your importance. Understand that this knowledge that you're going to seek. This knowledge is something different. This knowledge is really every pain you get, you get reward. Every money you spend, you get reward. When you become tired, you get reward. When you don't sleep in the night, you get reward. When you eat, you get reward. When you hunger, you get reward. Whatever you spend for this knowledge, everything brings value to you. Even your sleep brings value to you. When you work hard, you get something. All the time you are in the reward. Once you started this knowledge, until you die, it never, the rewards never stop. They never stop. You can sleep, you can rest, but the rewards, they never end. Make effort. And don't think, you know, we become grown up, we don't know Arabic language. You know, even if I make effort, how can I become like you know, those great people? No, really. At any age, you can become the best person. Scholars say that the place of the top is always empty. There's nobody there really. If you want to become on the top, it's empty. Just go there. Just make effort. Don't, don't have rivalry with the people in the position. Just, just long for the top position. That position is always empty. Nothing there. See Bhavai is not an Arab. He was young, he was nearly 20 years old, something like that, 18, 20 years old. When he left his house in Iran, came to Basra to study Hadith. But he could not succeed because he did not know proper Arabic language. The people laughed at him that you don't know Arabic. He felt shame, left uh, Hadith, went to study Arabic language. Tell me really, can non-Arab compete Arabs in their language? Is it possible? He became 20 years old anyway. S- such a life has gone. Can now he compete someone or those who are Arabs naturally born in Arabic language? It's not his language. But no. Work hard. Spend time. 
and then he wrote his book Al-Kitab. When he wrote the book Al-Kitab, he was nearly 30 years old. Just 30 years old. 30 years old young man wrote this book Al-Kitab. From that time until now, there's no book in the grammar equal to that. Not only in Arabic, in any language. He basically became on the top. All the people in the Arab world, nobody equal to him. If people ask who is the best person in Arabic grammar, the first name will come Sibuwe, who is not Arab. Do you see? He comes from non-Arab region. His mother never spoke Arabic. His father did not know Arabic. He never learned Arabic. He comes and when he comes to Basra, he cannot speak Arabic. People laugh at him. Then this person spent 10 years of his life and became the most excellent person in Arabic language and he wrote a book in a grammar, nobody like that. He, be, he, he excelled all the people, all people like Basra, Kufa, Baghdad, everywhere, nobody became like him. And until now, his book is the most important book in the grammar. You see, the place for the talk is empty. Bukhari was born in the year 194. In that time, the most important science in Islam was Hadith. Go any city, go to any city, you find actually hundreds of the people who are expert of the Hadith. Anywhere, Basra, Kufa, Baghdad, you know, anywhere, Makkah, Medina, top people, best people, you can, you know, even before them, Sufyan Thawri, Ibn Uyayna, Malik, you know, Ahmed Al-Hambal, Yahya Ma'in, Ali, Medina, top people. Anywhere you go, it is there. Can you expect really a child born in Bukhara, whose mother does not know Arabic, whose father does not know Arabic, and then this boy, he makes effort, and he becomes more important than all those people. He excels all those people. He's not an Arab. You know, his name is Muhammad ibn Ismail ibn Ibrahim ibn Bardizba. Bardizba is not an Arab name. He became, his ancestors are not Arab. They were not even Muslims. A young boy, he was an orphan. Young boy born in Bukhara, far away from Arab land. Nobody speaks Arabic in his hometown. And then he comes to Bakka, Medina, and then he becomes the most important person in the field that everybody was there, all the experts were there. Now, actually, then when he wrote the book, then people, even when he was young, really, when he comes to Baghdad, when he's young age, people said the best person in the Hadith now is Bukhari. He was a young man. He was an Arab. He spent time, worked hard, until he became the most important figure in the field of the Hadith. He came to Baghdad, his teacher Amr ibn Ali al-Fallas was teaching his students. People said to him, your student Bukhari has come. He asked all his students, now leave me and learn from my student Bukhari. People said, no, we have come to learn from you. Who is this man? They said, no, go and learn from him. So they wanted to test him. They brought few hadiths and they asked Bukhari about those hadiths. Bukhari said, I don't know. Then they came back to their teachers. And they said to him that you praise him so much and we ask him few hadiths, he said, I don't know. So the teacher said, Hadithun la ya'arifuhul Bukhariyu laysa bi hadith. A hadith which Bukhari does not know, can't be hadith. That's how the teacher trusted him. Once he came to Baghdad, 10 people from Baghdad, expert of the hadith, they got together, everybody praises Bukhari, let's test him. These 10 people, each one of them selected 10 hadith. And what they did, for in which hadith, they mixed it. The beginning of the hadith with the letter, you know, names with the, this, isnad, with the matan, they mixed all that. So the first person came to Bukhari and read all his 10 hadith corrupted, corrupt hadith, which actually does not exist anywhere, and you know, mix the sanad and, and, and uh, the chain of narration and the text. After every hadith, Bukhari says, I don't know. He finished 10 of them. Second person came, 10 hadith. Third person came, 10 hadith. Fourth, all the ten people came and they, all of them read their hadith, 100 hadith. After every hadith, Bukhari said, I don't know it. When they finished, then Bukhari called the first person and you said, he said to him, you read these hadith. They are all wrong. The right version is this. He said the correct version. Then he called the second person, you said this way, the right version is this. Third person, fourth one, fifth one, sixth one, ten. Ibn Hazrat Asqalani, you know, he wrote his biography, he said, we are not surprised that Bukhari knew the sound hadith, the right version, 
we are surprised that how he learned the mistake he even could repeat the corrupted version he could say you said this but right version this this how he did this he not a prophet he not a messenger people ask bukhari what made you to become so learned he said concern i had a concern to do something this is my concern fikr hum my hum just you know thinking how to excel how to do best to i he did this actually what you need really to see a man who is not arab not born in arab environment but he can become the best expert of hadith in the whole world tell me really now what is the best book in islam after the quran sahih bukhari the most sound book in islam written is bukhari by a man who is not an arab by a man who is not from quraish by a man who is not born in makkah madina basra kufa baghdad a man born very far away in bukhara he breaks the most important book hanafi madhab so many people imam muhammad roast see his books then come big big people come in baghdad they write books that sarqsi comes here also from center so many people come now ask people what is the best book in hanafi madhab you can to many people the best book in hanafi madhab is badaya usnaya written by kasani kasani was from where central asia not an arab actually when he wrote the book in parapada the book actually was a very nice story his teacher alauddin samarqandi who wrote his book tuhfat al fuqaha and samarqandi has got a daughter fatima samarqandiya she was like her father expert of the hanafi madhab she knew quran she knew hadith and she also was expert of the hanafi madhab and she knew the book of her father by heart when kasani came to study with alauddin samarqandi after finishing the education became alim then he asked his teacher samarqandi can i marry your daughter fatima the teacher said no you can't marry my daughter because she is more learned than you the only way you can marry her if you write a commentary on my book and i can see it is actually good i can approve it then you can marry my daughter then kasani spent many years to write the commentary and he wrote badayu sanaye commentary on his teacher's book when teacher saw the book he said yeah the book is excellent and then he married his daughter to kasani so people say sharah tuhfatahu wa tazawwaja bintahu he wrote commentary on his book tuhfat fuqaha and he married his daughter to see the best book in in hanafi madhab is written by someone who is not in kufa not from basra not from baghdad he is not an arab he is a non arab and nearly 600 years in islam after 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 the hijra and actually even he did not write a book really for the scholarship he only wrote the book to marry people hate the women you see and all the hanafi the hanafi the one who actually hate women most and hanafi madhab you see the most important book in hanafi madhab was only written to get married and then after the kasani was appointed in halab as a professor in big college there he came with his wife she was also teaching and doing many things ibn adim halabi who is a kasani student he he has written his, his book tarikh of halab in that book is right when kasani used to teach us if there was any difficulty we are to ask him question he did not know the answer he would go to his, he would say to us you know wait for me he would go and come back with the answer so after few times like that we found out really what happens when he does not know the answer he goes to his wife ask her and bring the answer the person who wrote the best book in hanafi madhab his wife knew hanafi madhab more than him more expert these are the people see so i am just trying to say that you people don't lose your courage don't think you know i'm just starting and that you know, people are that before me abu hanifa and malik and shafi and you know muhammad mahsan shaybani and these people are see boy no the prophethood has ended the prophet muhammad was khatamun nabiy seal of all the prophets you can't be a prophet but anything else you can be nothing has ended it just depends on your effort make effort work hard give sacrifice anything you want you can get it it is just need effort and those who make more effort they get more because knowledge is value and value does not come by wishing and desire it only comes by effort no value in this world 
can come if you desire or wish. It always comes how? When you work hard. Allah has made the rule and He said in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا The only way is effort. وَاللَّيْسَ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا مَا سَعَى When people make effort, then they get. For the desire, you don't need to make effort. Your food can come to your house without any effort. Actually, people are most lazy, they get more food. If you don't do anything, still you can become actually the best person in the food. Food will come to you. People force you to eat. But values? Values don't come unless you make effort. If your father is an alim, a scholar, you don't become a scholar unless you make effort, not your father's effort. But money can come. Your father can earn money and you become rich. Your father can build a house for you. Your father can bring food for you. Your mother can make food for you. But your father, your mother, your relatives, your teachers cannot learn on your behalf. It is a value you need to seek it. You need to make effort. You could be in an environment which basically is not suiting you. Your father is ignored. Your mother does not know anything. The society around you does not know you. But still you have quality that you can become the best person on the face of the earth. Nothing can stop you. If you want to make effort, nothing can stop you. Nobody. Ibrahim was born in the house of Azar. The man who worshipped idols and sold idols, in his house is born a man who is going to demolish all the idols, smash all the idols. He is going to become the father of all the prophets. He is going to become imam of all the messengers. Ibrahim was not born in a Muslim house. He was not born you know, in the house of the prophet. He was born in a house where nobody knows prophethood. Nobody even knows Iman Islam. Nothing. But Allah SWT chose him. You really need your effort. You, know, you never can say, how can I learn? In my family, nobody learned that person. There is no excuse really. Whatever you are, any condition in your life, nothing can stop you from getting the top position. Nothing can stop you. Nothing. It is your determination. Your effort. Your thinking. Your concern. And Allah gives barakah. And then you can become the best person on the face of the earth in that field. Anybody. To always keep in mind, the place for the top is empty, waiting for you. Nobody has got. Just work for that. Don't compete people for a small thing. Compete for the top. Top and people don't reach there. People come too tired before reaching there. That is still waiting for you. In every field of the knowledge, that, that position is empty. So I don't want to make very longer, but I really want to encourage you. The first thing I, I started with, people will tell you, we expected you, we hope from you that you will do something, but you are wasting your life. You are going to hear that, but don't worry. They don't know value of your knowledge, Allah knows. They don't know what, how precious you are, you know, what you have chosen, Allah knows. Don't worry, continue on that path. People will say to you, your family will say, your mother will say, your father will say, your sisters and brothers will say, all the family will say, but don't worry, just continue on that. And second thing is, it's all your effort. Your concern, your effort. Nobody can push you back. Nobody can take away from you, you know, uh, what you want to get. Nobody. Nobody can actually, no, nobody can harm you. In this matter, nobody can harm you. People can become jealous of you, but they cannot take away what Allah wants to give you. Nobody can take away. It is your effort. Make effort. Concern for that. Sacrifice the sleep. Sacrifice the food. Sacrifice everything. For the sake of Allah and for the sake of knowledge, you will see really, you become the most excellent person and the top person in the field of the knowledge. So I stop it here and if there is a question, please ask. Jazakallah khairan, Sheikh, uh, for delivering the very beneficial uh, talk for our students. And uh, inshallah, um, if there is any questions, uh, Sheikh will take them. Um, we'll start from sisters maybe and then go on to the brothers and as well as uh, our online students who are uh, watching live. Uh, so if there is any stu uh, uh, sorry, questions from the sisters' side, uh, we'll uh, take a question. 
don't, don't be scared, Roshayan. I know it's the first uh, Q&A session you're having with Sheikh, but inshallah there's more to come. And if you don't ask, you don't learn. And this is one of you the know, You know, you can ask question about, you know, your study, about the books that you're going to study, you know, anything that you're thinking, in you know, for you, you can ask whatever about what I said to you, you can ask about that as well. But make effort. Don't be shy. Always think that you know, I have to be the best. You know, don't accept a lower position. Always be on the top. Inshallah. Oh, is there any brothers uh, that would like to ask? Okay, Jazakallah. for the beneficial talk. I just wanted to ask for some basic advice on um, ikhlas um, beginning on this journey. Yeah, the thing is, ikhlas simply means that whatever you do, whatever you say, the effort, the intention should not be to please yourself or to please your family or to please the people. Intention should be to please Allah alone. That's all. If you force that, it will happen. Ikhlas, you know, ikhlas is something nobody can take away. It's actually in your heart. To make effort, I'm doing it. That what, the test will be if people are harm you, hurt you, you don't worry. Because you know I'm doing for Allah, Allah is rewarding me. So that, that's for ikhlas. If people say something and you become angry, it means you are not, you are not sincere. Sincere people, mukhlis people, don't worry. Because for everything they get reward. The prophets, people call them mad, but they didn't answer back. No, sabr. They continued. So that's what intention should be. Intention should be that whatever I do, my intention only is to please my Lord, not myself not my family, and then what will happen is Allah will give you something which make you happy and also your family happy. First you please Allah, then everybody else will please with you. But in the beginning, test will be there. That's why ikhlas is sincerely, purely making intention to please Allah alone. Okay, uh, we've got a, a couple of online questions, uh, Sheikh. Um, first one is from uh, Brother Muhammad, who's asking, what was the name of the Hanafi scholar who wrote the best book in the Madhab? Kasani. His name is uh, Jalaluddin, I think Jalaluddin, maybe. Al-Kasani. Kasani is a very well-known book. Badai'u al-Sanai'u. Badai'u al-Sanai'u. Jazakumullah khair, Sheikh. And uh, there's uh, another question from Brother Suleiman. Uh, online, uh, Sheikh, do you have any tips for helping us to manage our workload and studies from week to week, e.g. When, when is the best time to study, how often to review as well? And the first thing really is, uh, you know, make your life lighter. Don't have too much worries in the world. Okay, if you have too much worries, every worry is your worry. That, you know, that which team is going to win the match and, you know, Pakistan or India or Manchester or this or that. Everything your worry. You can't do anything. Remove all the worries from your heart. Whoever wins, I don't, I'm not interested. Whoever loses, I'm not interested. You know, don't make all these your worries. Take out from your mind, clean. Just say, I'm interested in my life. You know, don't read those news which are not going to benefit you. Most time you spend in time on those news which are not beneficial for you. So most of the TV things, newspapers, you know, WhatsApp groups, and in all these channels and this and that, and even his friends, go sitting with the friends, lunch and dinner with the friends. Make effort, have lunch alone. Because when you have lunch with the people, we talk, your time is wasted. Make effort to have lunch alone, dinner alone, become lonely person. So you will see. You know, people think, you know, this person bore, become most boring person on the face of the earth, you will achieve many things. So this is one thing really. Be alone as much as possible. And second thing is that make effort to get as early as possible because the best time to learn is always morning fresh but that you only can do when you sleep early to sleep early 10 9 or 11 something like that, get up maybe 5 or even before that so by the time people get up other people your half day has passed most people get up at 10 and you know 11 by that time you already have done half of the day you have passed so the best thing i'll advise really get up very early morning Eat less. This is very important. When you eat too much, you sleep too much. To eat. And eating too much actually is always harmful anyway. So when you, know, you become heavy, you can't do anything. So eating, eat less. And, and, and among all the food, hate Indian foods. Because that has been made really to make you sick, to bring you all the illnesses. So don't eat too much. You know, sometimes, like you know, in Nazareth, we used to have biryani once a year. 
So you never heard? Because once a year, if you eat biryani, nothing will happen to you. But if you have biryani every day, it is going to ruin your health. It is going to destroy you. So be careful about all those matters. So eating less, you know, good f- food, that's enough. Don't sleep too much. Don't waste your time too much. You know, do physical work. Keep walking. Keep moving. Don't use all the time cars and transport. You know, you, if you can walk yourself, you can just walk, you know, carry the things. Do physical work. Do some exercises. That's what you need, really. But focus early morning, you know. Don't waste any time. Your, it is your life. What time has passed, it never can, can, can come back. The best thing is never waste any time from your life. Jazakumullah Khair, Sheikh, for that reminder. Any other questions from sisters or brothers? Uh, okay, if there is no more questions, I think I'll just check for any last final questions online. Um, there's one more uh, last question online, Sheikh, will take and conclude on this. Um, Brother Suleiman again is asking, what should we do if we realize and knowledge we are learning is not bringing us closer to Allah? You know, first thing, what is your te- how do you know that you're not bringing to Allah? How do people know? Is there any, any measurement that you have got in your mind? So this thing that, you know, certainly you should believe really when I seek knowledge for Allah, I'm studying Arabic language, Quran, Sunnah, I'm getting nearer to him. What you think, it, why not? Be, that is sign that you get nearer to him. If you read the Quran, it means you're nearer to Allah. If you pray, it means you are nearer to Allah. If you're studying Arabic language and Islamic science, it means you're nearer to Allah. So what else is that test? You know, if you spend time and all those, you know, you think you are not nearer to Allah. Allah says, if you walk to me, I run to you. He, he, he runs to you. So you pray and you think you are not nearer to him. To, when else you can be nearer to him? When you are in the prayer, you are nearer to him. When you are patient, when you don't eat, when you sacrifice your eat and drink for the sake of Allah, you are nearer to him. Quran says, Inna Allah Those who are patient lie with, with you. So what means nearness? So don't invent a new criteria, new measurement. You know, some people teach you all those things. You know, there are no measurement. Measurement is these things really. If you study, you are near to Allah. If you pray, you are near to Allah. If you read the Quran, you are near to Allah. If you do dhikr, you are near to Allah. If you are patient, you are near to Allah. All the values that Allah has taught, if you do them, you are nearer to Allah. There is no other test. Some people teach you wrong things. Don't, don't learn those things. Learn what Quran says. These are the things. If you do, it certainly means you are to Allah. What happens? Some people think, I don't feel. But when Allah said that feeling is your criteria, did he say you have to feel something? Actually, most times you will not feel anything. Don't worry about feeling. If you do good deeds and you don't feel anything, don't worry, you are near to Allah. You know, if you eat healthy food, even if you don't feel anything, you're going to be healthy. But if you eat rubbish food and you feel very, you know, something else, different world, it's not going to harm you. Feelings don't lead anywhere. You know, if you go to Hindu people, Hindu priests, they can give you feeling. You sit with them and do something where they say, you feel like flying. So by flying, you become near to Allah. Then all the flies will be in paradise. They also fly. So don't make a wrong criteria. Right, right thing is, do what Allah commands. If you do what Allah commands, you are nearer to Him. Simple matter. That is the criteria. Mm-hmm.